This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. It's complicated. You know, getting them uh, to a shelter that is, you know, procuring th- those those services is complicated. So, um, you know, we're not that far into this at this point when you think about it. But but there is there is coordination work that happens every minute of every day. And it's going to continue until the emergency stops. And ultimately, there's a uh, what's going to be required, of course, is a bipartisan agreement in Washington to uh, to address the border crisis. And until that happens, unfortunately, I think Governor Abbott's going to keep doing what he's doing, which is you know going to put stress and strain on both state government and local government. All right. Listen, on the humanity side of this, I couldn't be in more agreement with you. Uh, you were very diplomatic to the mayor. They got to get their act in order. Uh, and I appreciate it. Senator, or Senator, Deputy Governor. See, I go back on that muscle memory stuff. Uh, always great to have you. Uh, please don't be a stranger. And uh, next time the governor's in town, get him in here. All right. Sounds good, Brian. Thanks for having right. me. Have a great day. That's uh, Andy Menar for you there. Um, there has been so much, if you're following this with any insight other than just, I hate immigrants, um, the, the, the mayor's office is just a mess. You had an old school political person. His mayor wasn't very popular. You brought a new kid in, young guy, teachers union, and he just doesn't know how to manage. And the, the management isn't like Republican opposition. It's like he can't coordinate. I mean, it, it's, what's the problem? He, he just doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, and but, he's surrounded by people that don't know what they're doing. They, they get land. Turns out the land's toxic. They get, I mean, everything they do is just screwed up. They, they make promises to the governor and to, you know, the, and then they just break the promises. They, they lie about, I mean, they're, they're just incompetent. Overrun for sure. And, and, it, it's probably not necessarily him as a human being. You, you know, when, when you're the mayor of a city of the size of Chicago, you got to have really good people around you. Yeah, there's just too much to do. Yeah. One person couldn't come close to it. And the governor's office is, I think, he's not going to say anything, and I, I get that. But, I mean, if you look at their responses, I, I mean, they're at the table trying to help, and this guy just keeps putting obstacles in everybody's way. And not just in that arena, in a lot of arenas. I mean, there's just a disconnect there that is hard to explain. And then that feeds into the stuff we think about Chicago. You know what I mean? Like we have like grown adults down here going, you know, we should divorce. <laughs> I mean, it's silly, but this kind of stuff doesn't help with that. They just like like a big incompetent mess. And in the meanwhile, you've got people's lives in the balance. So there you go. Anything else I should have asked? I know we ran over there. I, it's not relevant to the subject, but maybe one of the next times. I'm very curious to hear it's a topic that pops up with you and I quite a bit, uh, cyber protections and, uh-huh. and maybe even like does AI have a positive role on the state? Does it have something that we're thinking about protecting people from within the state? Just the digital world. Okay. I'd like to hear a little bit about Illinois being prepared for the digital world that we're in <laughs> And going even harder into because this conversation should have happened a decade ago. But yeah. it's I mean, this first chance I'll have to ask. But that's about it. OK. Do you feel like he answered everything you wanted? I, listen, to hear? I, I, 
I think Andy Menard's a grown-up. It's the biggest compliment I can pay to somebody in office. Uh, and he's not a political office holder anymore. He's an appointee. But he's always been a grown-up. And when I mean a grown-up, meaning... You know, you do the silly stuff you gotta do to get elected, but you treat people with respect and, and you give straight answers and you do what you say you're gonna do and you're not in it just for you and your ego. A grown up. Yeah. I don't know the Illinois uh, hierarchy. Where, about where is he at on the pecking orders? He like, he's a, was a deputy governor, so he's, you know, governor's governor and then there's a couple of deputy governors. There's, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Well. In different areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, and that's just like, the, the, okay, we're late here, and I've got a guest waiting, and we'll have our DPS spotlight, and then Nick and I will tell you about principal for a day. This is what I'm talking about. Pritzker was smart enough to hire really smart people. Mayor Johnson isn't. I mean, you know, he brought the cronies and the, all the, the political hacks and the activists with him. They don't have any idea how to govern. you got to have a good team. Oh, it sounds so obvious, right? <laughs> you know, If you have a great team, you just got to be competent. You, you want to know how? And I'm going to go a little later. Why not? Double down. It, the, the NFL Players Union put out their poll yesterday. Okay, right? Yeah, I read every bit of now, it. Now, Kansas City Chiefs just won their, what, third Super Bowl in four Correct. years, right? Yep. Their owner is at the very bottom of the list of owners and in the NFL. they're 31st overall. Right. And a good team around you, it? You, no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you better hold on to Andy Reid for as long All as you day. can because if you lose him, it's done. Yep. That's how important staff is. It's a good way to tie it. So if the governor is the owner of our sports franchise and he's got the Andy Menards of the world, you can achieve a lot. If you're the mayor of Chicago and you're perceived as the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, but you don't have Andy Reid, you're drafted, at the bottom. You're drafted first next year. Yep. I don't know how to put it anymore. That's just as plain as it gets. All right. We'll do the uh, top of the hour break. Our DPS 61 spotlight on the other side. Stay tuned. No matter where you are, we're there. WSOY Decatur, 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at nowdecatur.com. This is Tom Brinkotter with Brinkotter Realtors. It is truly an honor to carry on the legacy started by my father many years ago. Despite technology playing a big role in today's business landscape, we remain dedicated to the values of the past. Being a family business, our commitment has always been deeply personal. Our devotion lies with our clients, our responsibility within our community, every day earning your business one handshake at a time. Discover the difference at Brinkotter Realtors. Modern tech, timeless values. Visit us online or call to connect with one of our agents today. First Mid Insurance Group, First Mid Bank and Trust, WSOY, and now Decatur have teamed up to bring you the First Mid Ticket Window with your chance to win tickets to see the beloved Illini play at the State Farm Center. Listen to buyers and company from 6 to 9 for your chance to win. When they open the phone lines, be the correct caller at 217-875-1340. Keep an eye on the now Decatur Facebook page for additional chances to win with the First Mid Ticket Window and WSOY. 
The Mount Zion Spring Craft Show at the Mount Zion Convention Center is back. The perfect place to find unique, handmade items for your home. The craft show starts Friday night, March 1st from 7 till 9 and continues on Saturday the 2nd from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Admission is free. Food will be available for purchase from the kitchen of Doris Yoder. For more information on the Mount Zion Spring Craft Show, call 864-5424 or facebook.com slash Mount Zion Craft Shows. Join Buyers and Company on Thursday, March 7th, live from St. Teresa High School for the 2024 St. Teresa Mega Raffle Kickoff. The grand prize is $100,000. If you purchase a ticket during the broadcast, you'll be entered into an hourly drawing for a chance to win 10 additional tickets. The 29th Annual St. Teresa Mega Raffle Kickoff Event, Thursday, March 7th on WSOY, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, and now Decatur.com. What's up, Doc? A brand new medical podcast brought to you by Decatur Orthopedic Center. Join Dr. Sams and Dr. Sullivan as they take a peek behind the drapes into the world of orthopedics. They will explore the newest trends in orthopedics, sports injuries, and musculoskeletal health. These leading orthopedic surgeons will go into detail about surgery, life as a surgeon, and the impacting change of orthopedics. Find What's Up, Doc at NowDecatur.com under the podcast section or anywhere you get at your podcast. All right, we might get a little powder here this morning. Yeah, that's right. We might see some rain, we might see some snow, and we might even see that mixing together to make some freezing rain. It's going to be mostly cloudy today with a high of 44. Tonight's going to be mostly cloudy with a low around 33. For Saturday, partly sunny, high near 62. Sunday, sunny and windy with a high near 72. The current temperature in downtown Decatur sits at 32 degrees. Your WSOY time is 7.08. Yesterday, we had our principal for a day excursion to Stephen Decatur. Middle school. We'll tell you all about that. We'll check in with Mark Tupper and Tupper on Sports and our Brink Outer home highlight. Seven o'clock hour starts now. Buyers and Company, WSOY, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, streaming live at nowdecator.com. Good morning and welcome. We're back here on a Friday and it looks like it's going to be a, a nice weekend. Uh, I'm sure this morning's just sort of a little bit of an anomaly welcoming you to March. It's like the Ides of March or whatever. What is that? That's the middle of March, the March 15th, right? Is that what yeah. that is? I'm always confused. Wasn't it like a really bad band? Uh, yeah, but it was also tied to Julius. No, I know originally. I'm yeah. joking, of course. Well, that, yeah, I think Caesar came before. Uh, yeah, I think maybe. I don't know. Probably close. That was the seventies. Didn't, didn't uh, Bill and Ted say Caesar was? They found out that Caesar was more than just a salad dressing dude. <laughs> yes, they did. Also, a very long time ago. Uh, all right. Good morning and welcome. We're back here uh, on a Friday. Hope you're having a great start to your weekend. So we have. 
Uh, a lot to get to. Yesterday, uh, we, a group of us went to, uh, Stephen Decatur Middle School. Uh, we left here about 8.30. We were there, uh, about three hours, uh, uh, being principal for a day. I don't, I don't know what, you know, everybody's got their own definition of what that means. And I'm sure every building, you know, that everyone was at yesterday, I saw Courtney Carson, uh, was late, got chided by the principal, maybe got a demerit. Yeah. Do you see the paddle? <laughs> I don't think that's allowed anymore. No. Uh, but there he was. Uh, oh, he was at American Dreamer STEM Academy. I don't know where everyone was, but there were people all over the community, uh, at different schools being the principal for a day. Now, I, I don't know that there's not some recipe where it's like the same at every building. I'm sure it's up to every individual principal to how they lay that out. Uh, and yesterday we had uh, several classrooms that we were uh, able to sit in with and talk to the kids and talk to the teachers, uh, take a tour. I, I always forget how big that place is. I've never walked that school that way. Oh, really? Never. Not one time. I'd been out there for basketball games during the heyday. I went out there to play football, went out there to uh, park my car on the hill, learning how to parallel park and all of that. I think I even went out there to that building that I found out yesterday burned down uh, because I got a ticket and had to take a class out there. Really? Yeah. So uh, that's my extent. I had all that other stuff. I'd never seen a classroom or anything. Yeah. And it's huge. Uh, well, you, you know, I, he said it's sprawl the way it sprawls. Um, he said something about it was built originally to be a mall. Yeah. I don't remember that. That's always, I don't know if it's urban, urban legend, but that has been what I have heard my entire life. Really? And it was, and I'll even go a step further. It was designed to be a mall in Texas. That was, that was part of the, the urban myth. Why Texas? I don't know. Why like would somebody they build bought the blueprints? In Central, no, like, the, oh. you know, the blueprints were there. Hey, let's just use that and, and make it here. I don't think they're like, Hey, let's get out of the mall business and go up to Decatur and open a school. I don't think it was anything <laughs> like that. Okay. There's also Stephen Decatur in Maryland, by the way. If you're Googling any of this, uh, just be careful where you land. Yeah. Uh, so I, it does look like a mall. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I mean, with that big galleria sort mm -hmm. of. Uh, now, here's the thing. Um, uh, look, what I saw yesterday, you can obviously speak for yourself or Bogle or, or Dr. Morris. I saw a lot. And, and it's all over the spectrum of human emotions and thought process and everything else. You, you know, what I try to do is think about what life looked like through 14-year-old eyes in hallways and lockers and classrooms. You know, you get to junior high. It's the first time for most people where you're moving from class to class. You know, you're not sitting in the same teacher's classroom all day long. You have common areas where Lockers. anywhere in life, that's where the trouble always is. Uh, the biggest crowd, you, you go to prison where the, the yards, the place you don't <laughs> turn your back. Anytime you get a lot of people together in one place, when they're all out and around, that's the area that you obviously worry about and probably where the biggest, you know, focus and problems come from, you know, just when everybody's out in the hall. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. It's a way across life. I mean, you put a big crowd in front of a stage at the Decatur Celebration, somebody's going to get beef with somebody else. Kansas City Chiefs parade. You can't even have a parade and celebrate the Super Bowl without people acting a fool. So trying to remember what that experience looked like realizing how young these kids are sitting in, we were in a math class and an art class and a history class. And then the, uh, 
what was the other group called, the first group that we were with, advisory, advisory. group. Uh, so we got a chance to sit around and, and, and talk a little and observe uh, and be a part of about four or five different classrooms uh, and teachers. And I want to thank everybody out there, Mr. Lamb and everyone else, uh, for uh, hosting us and, and their great hospitality uh, uh, and letting us sort of intrude into their jobs and their worlds. Uh, and it's a busy place, man. Those people move all the time. Radios are always going. There's always, I, I mean, it, it to me, kind of looks like, you know, a mass unit, not like in bodies or victims, just in like, just you're, you're responding to something nonstop. Somebody can't get in a door. I mean, whatever it might be. That's right. So your overall thoughts, and we don't have to get too deep into, I just, to me, it was basically to a large degree, some of the same dynamic I remember from seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, I'll tell you, um, my biggest takeaway and, and I wanted to focus on was what was the net result for the kids that were still there? Like wh- what was their day to day life? How did they interpret their surroundings? I liked, I asked them what they were hearing about themselves. If they felt like that, that lined up with what they were hearing. I, I asked them if that brought them any anxiety or any shame or anything like that, hearing the bad stuff about them. I, you know, and, and I just really wanted to get down to their experience because they're the ones living it and we're the ones kind of looking at it. And what I found is, is what you said. I found that the, uh, all the stories they said, all, a lot of the detractions are the same detractions that I could have told you about when I was at Roosevelt Middle School. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, at, at verbatim. I mean, absolutely verbatim. They told me in, in bulk that there were some bad kids. And when the bad, and we know who the bad kids are. And when they're handled, the rest of us like being here and we're getting along. They had things that they wanted to be improved and they felt like normal kids. And, and I've got a couple experiences there. I have a nephew that age. He, if I was thinking to myself, he's literally that age. If I plucked him down and dropped him in each classroom that I just went to, would it, would he feel like a, like he was just transplanted to somewhere else? And the answer is no. It feels exactly like those kids. And, and, uh, and the other metric that I have is I, I teach high schoolers. Do, do I feel like these kids are so different than our high, than the high schoolers I see every day? And they're just a little younger, but no, they, they're trending as normal kids. So my takeaway was we need to do better for them. We need to sort out some of our issues with the apparatus, the school, the, the hurting and all that, but our kids, we still got a shot with these kids. Uh, that's an optimistic point of view that I have uh, uh, some shared experience with. And on the other side of that, I, I really do believe, and this isn't anything uh, about the, the staff there or the kids mm-hmm. there at all, just in general. I've been in enough of these schools. Our institutions are failing us. And I mean that in a very broad, big way. You know, I'm not taking shots at the Kyle building or the school board or anything else. It's just we're still doing a lot of things the way we did things 70 years ago that are just being done just to be done. And 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 in some ways, that means these kids are just a, a, a like just a part of a system. I mean, I'm sitting in that math class and there are kids in there who can't do basic math. There are kids in there who are all over it and yeah. are, are going to be great. But in those basic things, and, and then I, I sat across from a kid, and all I could think about was what it probably took for him just to get to be in that seat that day in his mm. life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, 
that's not anything a, a, a teacher can change or an administrator can change. In fact, that math teacher was a great teacher. Watching her in yeah. action was she's ex-military. You know, I mean, she but the the physical movements, the stuff that she identifies to signal the kids about you know balance and yeah. stuff is all great. But man, you you just know that if you're smart and you probably have some support and you have you know maybe some family in your life that's you know doing what they're supposed to do. Your description is probably every bit accurate. Yeah, and I didn't mean to sound sugarcoated. No, 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 no. no. I, I'm not. I'm not okay. accusing you of that. I'm not, I'm not even thinking that. I'm just saying society mm-hmm. as a whole and our institutions. I I come out of those days almost always with a little bit of a broken heart just about some of those kids that you just know are not getting what they need at any point in their life anywhere. And they probably just get are just a number in a system that, you know, oh, well, there's a drag on the test score or, you know, however, the accountability the governor or deputy governor Menard talked about. Right. That means you got to do this test thing that never accurately portrays where these kids are. And I don't mean to be down low because there was not all of it was that. And, and then not, that isn't anything unique to that place. No. I mean, that's where your nephew would go anywhere. Yeah. America, maybe some private, you know, boarding school or something. Public education is that way. And, And I, I couldn't help feel like, you know, that we're just, we've got to do it a different way as a society. Um, to put myself and now, once again, that's not, I mean, that my thought on this is just connection with, with a couple of human yeah, kids yesterday exactly. has got nothing to do with what building or whatever right. else. It's just, we're not how we're, we're way too dismissive of letting people just fail. And then that path, that trajectory that they're on only leads to a couple of bad things. And, and why why do kids you know why do they get angry and why do they end up in brawls you, you know because they're ignored they're ignored at home they're they're not given you, you know i can't tell you how many stories you know where it's just like you find out a kid can't see anything can't i mean he needs glasses but no one in the thing figures this out right and so what does that kid do? Doesn't want to be called on, doesn't want to participate, puts his head down on the desk and then gets felt like, you know, he feels like a loser until he gets to the point where all he has is anger. And that's the kid causing the problems in the hall. If somebody cared enough. I had a, a, a moment in the class, Brian, I'm sorry to cut you off. You're not cutting me off. That really, um, it, it really, I, I'm a pretty emotional guy. And I'm just looking at some of these kids and I'm so proud of that math teacher and how she was connecting. I was, I was very proud that I was watching kids that, that, that at first glance I thought were going to struggle that were clicking and the ones that struggled, how she got them to kind of click through. Yeah. And then I looked at a couple kids and, and to your exact point, I was like, man, this kid is so tired. He's just so, he doesn't want to be here. And, and I could hear some of his language, you know, I just, I don't feel good. I'm tired. And you think about, all the ways that our kids line arrive at those front doors. Yeah. And, and it, and then, so let's, let's take that. Right. And and so the system, the institution says that kid has to be good at math equations. Why? I mean, why not figure out what a kid's good at? at. And and, and I I mean, this idea of, of, uh, you know, back in my day, like, well, you're not going to have a calculator with you. I don't use math. There's nothing. I, I do not, Ever in my life and what I've decided to do with my living, do math formulas. 
Yeah. And, and so to that very specific point, which was my next one is a kid that has fallen behind and we're talking about carrying fractions and we're talking about coefficients and variables and, and it's two step algebra, right? And, and if you're behind on that and it only gets harder on, if you can't get this, you won't get that. No. So you're forever set up to not be able to go right. any further unless so, you halt the whole so thing how are we and come even back to this. Looking one? at what is yeah. required out of education, right. where there might be a really solid world ahead for a kid at something he really does have a passion about or right. understands and grasps. I, I don't. I mean, we just keep doing it the way we've been doing it forever. And, and I think about how much time in 19, you know, that would have been 19 what 79, 19. Uh, in junior high, doing busy work just for the sake of doing busy work, doing stuff that we're never going to have any practical use for in life. You, you know, I think about what we're doing with the Ag Academy. I think about what we do with the trade unions and laborers, you know, and, and, and like, why not find out what kids have a, a talent in or a, a and passion an interest, yeah. in and an interest and, and a skill set mm-hmm. and Give them that direction instead of making them feel like losers over and over and over in a classroom about things that they'll never, ever use in their life. And you're not just specifically describing a classroom we sat in yesterday. No, I'm talking talking about about education for years and years and years and buildings and buildings and buildings. And you know what? There are going to be great mathematicians that go out and do unbelievable things. And we saw some of them in that classroom yesterday. They just are all over it. Clicking it. But most aren't. Right. And there's going to be great writers that write the next, you know. Can't solve a math problem. But can't solve a math problem and vice versa. Can't jump a rope. Can't, right. uh, can't, uh, tell you what comes in an, in a, a particle. So why not fundamentally do this differently? And this is my cynicism about whether it's government or whether it's the bureaucracies, it's just like there's no incentive other than they look bad when people can't read and write and do math to do things differently. And their idea of doing things differently is to, you know, uh, form committees and, 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 you know, I mean, we can't even get people to communicate about what happens when your school is on the verge of collapsing. Physically. Yes. Yeah, physically. Too collapsing. much bureaucracy. And I see it all the time, and maybe it frustrates me because we're a small business, and we have to adapt. I mean, the only way we survive is to adapt and throw away the old and not hold on to the old just for sake of holding on to the old. Tradition, all this stuff matters. But do does anybody believe that public education in this country is really working in a whole lot of areas? And it may be working for a lot, but man, we're leaving a lot behind every single year. We haven't adjusted. And then those kids turn to crime or they sell drugs or they die or they, and, or and, they're just not employable. Or they're just unemployable, but, but then that leads to all these other things. And then you just as a community keep paying for all of that. Why not invest all that up front? And it probably has to, you probably can't wait till seventh or eighth grade. And I don't want to have like cynical conversations about writing off a generation, but it's got to start young. Yeah. And don't let that light go out on those kids. Right. Because then it's too late. And, and that's, that's what I, that was my optimism that I took is that man, they're fighting through this thing. They are smiles abound. And a Pe- lot of kids getting left behind. I know. 
And, and I, I, I know, you know, Dennis Miller had the line one time is, folks, you can't save the world. Just try not to live next to it when it goes off. That's what we do with everything. Not my problem, not my thing. Somebody else is getting paid to do that. You know, kids won't try. Blame the parents. I mean, whatever. And there's degrees of truth in all of that. But if we collectively decided that's not good enough, what could you do? Yeah. Well, and thanks for inviting me. Thanks for um, them hosting us. And and thanks for letting us have access to the kids and and letting them let us talk to them. They even offered to leave the room, you know, so that we could talk. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's like they want people to know. They want people to see. And and there are people they're trying. And and we collectively as a society, we have got to try harder for all our kids and all our buildings. We do. And, and every and school, as adults, everywhere. we can't be so selfish. I I feel like. You know, that everybody's got a stake in it. And it's easy for me to sit here and say, I'm not in that classroom every day. I spent a half a day at a school yesterday. I'm not trying to build up anything on that. And I know what these teachers go through. And I know, like, it's real easy to say, give people a chance when you're getting kicked or, you know. uh, But sometimes everybody's aim is anything. I, I, I just, I feel like. The administration's worried about the administration. The board's worried about the board. The teachers' union's worried about the teachers' union. The custodians are worried about the custodians. And, and if all of those entities put kid first. Way more cohesiveness. One thing that leads to the other, that supports the other, that and, feeds and, into and the other. Once again, this isn't even District 61-centric. No. This is public schools in America. Every innovative idea or every time you want to think outside the box and not do it the way it's always been done, you will meet resistance from one of those sides I just mentioned. Thank you to Mr. Lamb for having us out. Uh, I appreciated the experience, and uh, I uh, it was fun. I, I I know why you like what you do in the classroom yeah. because it's it is a good feeling. It is, and you it makes you want to fight for them. Oh, and that's what you came away with. I felt it off of you right away. We can do better for these kids. We have to. Yeah, we have to, and it's just the smart thing. To do. I, I, you know, it's just it's the investment thing to do that. On the other side, everything is way better. And it doesn't mean you're going to save everyone, but we're too quick to write people off. And I don't mean that you keep kids who are violent in the classroom, but you got to figure out alternative education. You have to figure out all of it. All right. We'll take a break. Uh, when we get back here, we'll check in with Mark Tupper and Tupper on Sports. We've got a great Brink Outer Home highlight today. Your chance to win as well. So uh, all that coming up straight ahead. You're listening to the very first day of March. Buyers and Company. First show of the month. Back after this. This is RJ Crace with your stories now. Richland says it's still working to resolve a network disruption that resulted in some classes having to be held off campus last week. The incident happened February 17th. Richland says the college's IT security team immediately initiated comprehensive security measures to assess the interruption. They say they're working with cybersecurity contractors to restore normal operations ASAP. In-person classes are going on as normal and students can access online courses, network servers, phones, some department emails, and the college's website. 
website are still down. Illinois courts have freed more wrongfully imprisoned people than any other state, but the state lags far behind its peers in compensating them for time served. A Senate bill would offer individuals $50,000 for every year they were wrongfully behind bars. Right now, the maximum payout is $200,000, and it does not increase after a person has served 14 years. More at NowDecatur.com. Fox News, I'm C.J. Papa, President Biden in Brownsville, Texas, employing Republicans, including Donald Trump, to work with him on new laws for the border. So instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done? The president upset Republicans blocked a Senate bill that would have directed billions of additional dollars for border security. Fox's Rich Edson at the White House with warrant Mr. Trump stop in Eagle Pass. He and Republicans argue Biden can simply rescind the executive orders he signed reversing Trump border policies. Officials say the administration is considering executive actions on on the border, though the president announced none yesterday, this in a year that immigration is now surging to the top of the list of concerns that polls show Americans have. Congress greenlights a short-term extension that funds some agencies through March 8th and others through March 22nd, but avoids a shutdown at midnight tonight. America's listening to Fox News. Hi, this is Tina German-Roberts, and I look forward to sharing my story with you at That's What She Said Macon County. Since 2013, That's What She Said has served as a platform for everyday women to share their extraordinary stories. And now, the Community Foundation of Macon County is proud to announce That's What She Said is launching in our community. Presented by Hickory Point Bacon Trust at the Lincoln Square Theater, Saturday, April 6th. Join us for this live, one-night-only performance featuring 10 women from our community sharing powerful personal stories of life's triumphs and trials. The relatable stories of everyday women like me and you. Some will make you belly laugh, some will make you ugly cry, and everything in between. So get your tickets now and make a night of it. You will leave feeling uplifted, inspired, and proud of the women in your life. That's what she said Macon County will premiere Saturday, April 6th at 6 p.m. at the Lincoln Square Theater. See who will be joining me on stage and get your tickets now by visiting www.lincolnsquaretheater.com. Huff Lumber and Home Specialties Who says you can't have it all Update your home with beautiful cabinets from Dura Supreme Our complimentary custom design includes pricing and renderings to keep you in budget And with a broad selection of woods and colors to choose from You can have it all Huff Lumber and Home Specialties Who says you can't have it all All right, what are we hearing about this? Because we're in the 7 o'clock hour, and Cupertino said 7 or 95% chance of snow. Yeah, and here this uh, morning into the afternoon, we could see rain, snow, and possibly freezing rain. It's going to be mostly cloudy today with a high of 44. The current uh, or look for tonight is mostly cloudy with a low of 33. For Saturday, partly sunny and a high of 62. Sunday, almost unbelievable. Sunny and windy, but a high of 72. Current temperature in downtown Decatur, 33 degrees. Your WSOY time is 7.33. Tupper on Sports on WSOY, 1340 AM and 103.3 FM. Streaming live at nowdecatur.com. 
Each and every weekday morning, we check in with Mark Tupper and Tupper on Sports. All right, let's start with uh, NCAA basketball and more on this court storming thing that's taking everybody by. Well, that's all I've heard over the last week is conversation about this. Yeah, you know, we were talking about this last night on Sport Talk. Tim, I, Tim Kane, I believe, had bumped into an article that identified three games, uh, upcoming games, as potential court storm games. And one of them is this coming Tuesday's Illinois-Purdue game. And when I was thinking about it, I thought, absolutely, that's right. You know, if Illinois, ranked 13th, were to uh, beat Purdue, ranked number two in the country, um, Illinois fans have shown a willingness to <laughs> to rush out on the court, and uh, and I'm sure that 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 that's what would be the likely outcome at the end of that game. Now, if Purdue wins by 15 points, you know it might be Matt Painter's the only one who <laughs> rushes the court. <laughs> but um, I can see this happening, and um, uh, and so I started to read a little bit more about it, and um, I had not really thought much about this either, but this game will be televised uh, by Peacock, by the way. And the networks um, are aware of the potential of a court storm, and so they meet with the sports information representatives for the host school and talk about where would students come. There's usually, you know, three or four main areas where of least resistance, where they don't have to jump over tables or they don't have to do this, where they can get most easily onto the court. So they try to identify that, and then they try to position their sideline reporters and their handheld camera operators in safer areas. They try to figure out where can we put them where they won't get trampled. And then they work with the sports information people also. Look, if we have that kind of a game, a court storm game, where in the world could we interview your coach, the winning coach? Um, because, you know, in a normal game, you just wander out onto the floor and, that, and that's not going to work if there's this crush of humanity. So there's, they try to come up with a plan. And, you know, in Major League Baseball, once in a while, you'll get some fan who decides uh, either he's gotten uh, really inebriated or he's lost a bet or whatever, and he decides, I'm going to run out onto the field. And there's sort of an agreement with the network people, well, we're not going to show that. You know, we're not going to glamorize that guy's idiocy. Um, but there's that's not the case in college basketball court storming. Um, for one, it's a really good TV visual, and um, the directors that I was reading about feel an obligation to document that action uh, and try to do it without glamorizing it, and I don't know how that happens. So I do know this. I know Josh Whitman, uh, the athletic director at the University of Illinois, and I can guarantee you, given the attention that this subject has garnered, they have had discussions as a as a staff, as an athletic department that hosts these events. What are we going to do Tuesday when our team plays Purdue, and this would be uh, the likely outcome if Illinois were to win the game? And uh, I've read a lot of people have weighed in with ways to do this, and um, I don't. I still haven't read one that I completely agree with, but I think an announcement to the crowd about please do not come on the floor that there there will be consequences. There will be people arrested. Um, there will be people hauled out of here, and um, it might slow it down a little bit. I. I still think they're coming, and uh, I'll be watching Tuesday at the conclusion of that 6 o'clock game. And uh, if it happens, 
I'm going to want to see it. And um, I think a lot of people feel that way as well. We'll see what happens. All right. We'll do a little Caitlin Clark on the other side of the break. This look at Topper on Sports brought to you by First National Bank, the quality bank now open in downtown Decatur. Hello, my name is Matt Beavers, President and CEO of First National Bank. I wanted to personally thank our customers for trusting FNB to be their bank of choice indicator. In our four years here, we've been fortunate to work with individuals and businesses alike on projects big and small. We're proud of our financial products and the quality of service our team provides. We're truly a local bank who stays involved throughout the project and who you can come see in person at either of our Decatur locations. Thank you on behalf of our team at First National Bank of Decatur. First National Bank, the quality bank. Member FDIC, FNB. Equality.bank. Back here with Mark Tupper and Tupper on Sports. All right, Caitlin Clark has decided she's going to the WNBA. She is indeed, and uh, I was thinking about the money aspect of it because she is making uh, a pretty good chunk of change at Iowa right now through name, image, and likeness. She is has deals with 11 companies, including uh, State Farm Insurance, Gatorade, Nike, um, others, and her Name image likeness worth, uh, I, I'm reading in, in multiple sources is worth about $910,000. Um, I, I am not familiar with what WNBA players make in terms of salary. Uh, so my bad on that, but I did look it up. And, um, as a rookie in the WNBA, even as the first overall player taken in the draft, which, uh, that first pick owned by the Indiana Fever, um, she would, sign a four-year contract worth $338,000. The fourth year is a team option, so if she were to bomb out or any rookie were to bomb out, um, the team could dump them before they get their fourth year of pay. So her base salary as a WNBA rookie uh, next year will be $78,006. And that seems like an incredibly small amount to me. Now, she no longer would get NIL money, but she would, those, uh, I assume many of those would transfer over into endorsement deals if State Farm is happy with their um, relationship with her, if Gatorade is, and so forth. And, you know, some of those could go up in value. Um, it's interesting because she is supposedly only the third highest NIL earner in women's college basketball. Uh, LSU's Angel Reese. Uh, supposedly made 1.7 million last year. Um, I was looking at Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, remember, he was the final player taken in the seventh round of the NFL draft. Um, and so he's on a low deal, which makes him incredibly affordable for the 49ers. He made $870,000 this year. There are 16 college football players who made more in name, image, and likeness, and I would certainly put Caleb Williams, the uh, presumptive next Chicago Bears quarterback, maybe at the top of that list. I'm told he makes $3 million a year in NIL money. Uh, so anyhow, uh, Caleb, excuse me, uh, Caitlin Clark, um, I'm sure has sat down and kind of done the calculus on all of this stuff. She obviously made the decision not to return for a, another season at Iowa, which would be her prerogative because she has one more season of eligibility due to the 
the COVID waiver. So um, she's going to turn pro. She'll be drafted, I am sure, number one overall by the Indiana Fever, which seems like a great match to me. Her being a Midwest girl, um, that would be pretty cool. And um, and I'll be curious to see what the final numbers are because the big bulk of her money is not going to come from the WNBA. It's going to come from all these companies that look at her as you know this great ticket seller and marketing piece and uh, and jump on her bandwagon. All right, my friend, enjoy your weekend. We appreciate all the insight and knowledge, Mark Tupper and Tupper on Sports. I think if she goes to Indiana and just Indiana's location, right, they will bring tons of people in just to see games that are not necessarily from Indiana. I think you're right, and I think there will be the road show that will see a spike every city she goes to. I don't know what that will measure like, but I'm sure it'll certainly be big. Absolutely. And she's got nothing left to prove. If she takes down Pistol Pete's record this week, um, she goes out the all-time uh, leading scorer, men's or women's, in college basketball. I mean, what is there to do in another year? If she thought they had a realistic chance at a championship? They don't. She that, that, that team's good team, not I mean, a great That's team. all that's left. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and I guarantee you, uh, this decision wasn't made before Nike and Gatorade and all State consulted. Farm and all of those people have signed on to go, you know, yes, $78,000 to a lot of people is a lot of money. Yeah. I, I mean, only in the sporting world do we throw out 80 grand as being a ridiculous salary. Right? Right. I mean, nowhere else. Right. Um, but that, I don't know. I, I'd have to see the finance. I'm, I I don't know if they're being paid the same percentage. You know, that was the big argument with the women's soccer team and the men's soccer team. They didn't want more money. They just wanted the same percentage. They're two different leagues. And no, they- but what I'm saying, though, is it, people got caught up in the argument. Like, they, they weren't asking to be paid more. They right. would be asking to be paid the same percentage of profits that the men were getting. Um, yeah, that, that's an interesting, there's a lot of layers to that because there's some teams are owned by NBA teams and. No, and, I, I, no, I'm just yeah. saying sometimes it's not about salary to salary. Yeah, just make sure we're getting our, the equal our, cut of our the Our audience yeah. isn't as big and maybe we're not, but now I think she can say, look, I'm going to bring butts to seats. Right. And she's going to get paid. She's going to be probably the highest paid player in WNBA outside of the WNBA. For, by sponsors. By sponsors. Yeah. Be augmented. She'll be fine. Yeah, uh, but I think Indiana's a great. I'm gonna try spot. to make it a point to go see her play. Oh, absolutely. It'd be easier to get a ticket. It would be. All right, let's do this. And I, don't they start like immediately? Yeah, like real right after quick. the NCAA real tournament. Quick, yes. All right, Tom Brinkout is going to join us next. We'll have a Brinkout our home highlight and uh, get a state of the state for local real estate. Straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. You've set your financial goals. One kid plans to go Big Ten. The other, Ivy. Your bucket list includes seaside sunrises and sunsets on the slopes, or perhaps a second home away from it all. Busey Bank can help develop the right investment strategy to take charge of the years ahead. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Join your friendly neighborhood real estate guru, Tom Brinkotter of Brinkotter Realtors for Tuesdays with Tom, an all-new podcast on NowDecatur.com. Tom will bring you the latest scoop on our community and will sit down with special guests to discuss all things real estate and shine a spotlight on our community's movers and shakers. With Tom's wit and charm, you're in for a fun and informative ride every Tuesday. Don't miss out on the fun. Subscribe to Tuesdays with Tom today. Find your way home. Brinkotter.com. 
Join Buyers and Company on Thursday, March 7th, live from St. Teresa High School for the 2024 St. Teresa Mega Raffle Kickoff. The grand prize is $100,000. If you purchase a ticket during the broadcast, you'll be entered into an hourly drawing for a chance to win 10 additional tickets. The 29th Annual St. Teresa Mega Raffle Kickoff Event, Thursday, March 7th on WSOY, 1340 AM, 103.3 FM, and now Decatur.com. You're listening to Buyers and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. You a fan of the uh, brass horn? Yeah. Go to our Facebook page, Now Decatur's Facebook page right now. Uh, like and uh, comment. Feel free to share the Brinkouter Home Highlight. We're giving away a $25 gift card to the Brass Horn. Tom Brinkouter joins us uh, in studios uh, here today to uh, – have we not seen you this year? How long has it been? Uh, I think I've been in once. Okay, maybe. It a, yeah. It, 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 2024 is just flying by. I mean, it was the first day of March. I know. Crazy. I know. I'm uh, looking forward to spring. Uh, look, you and me both, uh, but we've had a pretty good winter. Not been bad. What does that mean for, uh, you know, how, how big a role does the weather play in like Huge. people decided to sell their homes, people decided to buy a home? Everybody waits for the spring market. The spring market, you know, it picks up and, uh, into, into summer. So starting in March, uh, and through August, September, till, till about when school starts is our busy season. Okay. So there is a window still. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I, it makes sense. You don't want to move stuff in the cold and the snow. You don't know. You can't count on the weather. I think people just like to hibernate a little until it's all said and done. Yeah. We're, we're back to the, to the, to the inventory problem though, Brian. We got, we're under a hundred homes active for sale in Macon County right now. 98 homes as of this morning. Okay. So clearly then, uh, who's in the driver's seat when it's like this? I mean, is it the seller? Is it yeah, the buyer? It's a seller's market right now. Interest rates ticked back up, uh, over the last month. They're up uh, just under 7% is the average 30 year fixed as of, uh, as of February 28th. Uh, I expect those to, to come down over time. Um, talked to a lender the other day who expects it maybe to hit fives by the fourth quarter of this year. So as that interest rate comes down, I think we'll see more people put their home on the market. And then we are going into the spring market, so I expect a few more homes. You know, people, uh, you know, move, you know, family reasons, work reasons, uh, we'll get some listings on. But right now, you know, we're back to very few homes on the market and extremely high demand for uh, buyers. Boy, this is your listing today. This is amazing house. Uh, this is a house. I mean, th- this is like something out of, you know, architectural I, digest. I got one word. Sick. This house is sick. I'm going to tell you guys. For the older people. This is the best. That's a good thing. This is the best value for your dollar right now in Decatur, Illinois. Okay, now let's be clear about this. At $995,000, it's not going to be everybody's thing. Uh, but if you are interested in the long haul and investment and and you're looking at I just the details. Now, I know that some people uh, have a hard time kind of seeing themselves if it's other people's stuff. This no. is pretty much a blank slate, right? Uh, this, but This is ready for you. All right, 9,340 square feet. That's just the beginning, Brian. But it doesn't look, I mean, it's not ostentatious. You, you know, you, you say 10,000 square feet, you yeah. think McMansion kind of thing. This has got all kinds of personality. Four car garage, sits on 1.37 acres, four beds, five and a half baths, and somehow still is incredibly homey. 
It is. It's a walkout basement. You got about 4,800 square Let's foot. Let's start up. with 20 Lake Point as the address. Yeah. If you want to click on the link on our Facebook page or go to brinkgoddard.com. On Basin One, uh, full boat dock, lift, water and electric down at the boat dock, but you got about 4,800 square feet up. And then it is a full walkout basement with another 4,500 square feet in the basement. Um, yeah, every bedroom is an ensuite bedroom, which means you have a bathroom attached. There's five fireplaces, four car garage. There's a wine room in this home that has about a 5,000 bottle wine room storage custom built out of Redwood by the owner. So, um, <clears throat> In, also in that basement, theater room, full theater room, um, indoor pool, uh, old hot tub next to it, custom stainless steel bar in the basement. The closets are all customized. It's it's unbelievable. Huh? All right, now this this is a lot of money. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a hundred and seven dollars a square foot. I, that Let is me insane. put this in perspective. Let me put this in perspective because I had a local builder go through this home. To build this home in today's dollars, you're probably looking around five to six million dollars. That was the first thing that I, at the, when you go to bringcotter.com, you look at the very top, it shows you the pictures. Before I scrolled down, I'm expecting one more comma in this number just off the front, just right off the rip. Yep. The, the drone shots show you the proximity to the lake. You want to live on the lake, this is on the lake. The decking out there gives you every drop of that scenery. The windows custom cut, so much natural light right there on a cul-de-sac with curb appeal and manicured. The driveway is immaculate. The whole thing. And I even, my crown jewel, I'm, I'm usually the basement guy. That kitchen is almost commercial grade. You, you have to see the cabinets in person. They're, they're like that really lacquered type yeah. cabinet. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. beautiful. I'm speechless. I, I didn't even know we had anything like this. Uh, then you go outside, and yeah. the deck is absolutely huge, Nick. And and it's a there's a Japanese water garden with two streams going down over a little bridge. That oh, the little the rock stream. bridge. I saw. I saw yeah. Nice. This thing, Tom, is this honestly one of the homes that, if this is in your price range, is this not one of the homes that you got to just come out and see? Yeah, I, I mean it's 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 amazing to when you walk in the front door. All you can see is lake, okay, uh, right through the home. You, you turn to your left. You go down to the kitchen and a family room area. This is not – I would say this is a very livable home. You're looking at a basically a home just under a million dollars, but it's not it's not, not livable. You know, some of those homes where you get in that price range, you think, oh, I, you know, it, I can't picture myself here. No, this is this a homey is, home. It really, really is. And, and you know, just do the math, $107 a square foot. I mean, you couldn't – this house would be $10 million in Chicago. Easily. I mean – Yeah, easy. Yeah. Uh, and then what I love about it is, you, you know, the bad thing about the lake view is in the winter months, you know, you go, okay, they want to have the water. Well, you have, that's when you do your indoor pool. <laughs> right. Yeah, but the views are you're, better. I know, but you're, well, yeah, yes, the trees the out of the way. Uh, fall off. But I'm saying, you know, that enjoyment you get all spring, summer, and fall out on that deck and on the lake, yeah. then you just bring it all inside for the winter. Full blown exercise room. Imagine getting up, just doing laps every day, just your own personal. Yeah. yeah. And, and the good news is, is when you get older, you don't have to sell it because it has an elevator. You can go down, oh, you can go down to the basement in the elevator. Do you, do you know one of the things, a sign of a complete home is 
what what I guess would be called the build outs, meaning if if you put in a laundry room and you build everything out and around it, if you build a little desk area and you look up and you've got cabinetry and shelving and everything made, everything is a complete thought. It's been done. It's yeah. not just a chair parked over on the side. It's built with a purpose. And quality. Quality. It is super, super quality. And I will tell you, that roof on that home is copper. Oh. That is a copper roof. Whoa. That's unbelievable. Take a look at it. Now, where is 20 Lake Point? Uh, it's in- off of South Shores Drive. Okay, so you head out like you're heading out Task Bay Shore. You know where that little bridge goes across yeah, the yeah. lake? Yeah, just yeah. just to the to the west of that bridge on South Shores Drive, there's a little cul-de-sac. There's only five homes on this cul-de-sac. Oh, so you get privacy and you quiet. You got privacy. You got quiet. Um, you got there's a woodworking, full-blown woodworking shop set up in one of the bays of this garage. So it's a four-car garage, but the the bay uh, there's a single bay. Uh, and it's set up as a full blown woodworking shop. Kitchen's fantastic. You know what I like about it? It doesn't look like every kitchen now. Like there's such a trendy thing with kitchens right now. Like this thing will be 50 years from now will look like it does now and be in style. Yeah. And, and as a bonus, all the blinds are motorized. Yeah. You push a button and blinds go up, push a button and blinds go down. Variety in showers and tubs and I mean the whole and thing. closets. Do not forget the closet. I love the fireplace. I love the modern. It's modern enough to stay looking modern yeah. for twenty five years, but it's not gimmicky. No, I mean the lines mm-hmm. are. It's all clean. You can do whatever you want to do with it, yeah. but it looks like it would fit. Like I don't know, unbelievable. This is crazy time. One hundred seven dollars square foot. How do they uh, contact you if they want to see it in person? You can go to brinkotter.com. I'm on there, or you can uh, give me a call at two one seven. Seven eight seven five zero five five five, and if you're already working with a realtor, call your realtor, and they can get a hold of me, and we'll get you in to take a look. I think you got to see it; you really do, and take a look at it. If you're here for the long haul, big family, whatever it might be, hundred and seven dollars a square foot for a nine hundred ninety-five thousand dollar home with. 9,340 square feet, 1.37 acres, four-car garage, four beds, five-and-a-half bath, indoor pool, and an elevator. Call, call, call a builder up and ask him what it cost you to build that. Crazy. Just crazy. Tom, we appreciate it. Welcome to March. Thank and, you, uh, keep up, uh, bring the good weather with you, will you? I will try. All right. And you can also check out Tom's podcast, brand new, up on the website at nauticator.com. Yeah. What's the latest episode? Uh, this week we have Kara Demersion Huss and Courtney Carson talking about the EV hub. Okay, great. Find it at nauticator.com. We appreciate it. Here's Nick with your three-day forecast. Back with more right after this. Today it says rain and snow. I'm seeing some flakes finally come down out of the sky. Might mix with freezing rain later, mostly cloudy and a high of 44. Tonight, mostly cloudy and a low around 33. For Saturday, partly sunny with a high of 62. And then for Sunday, sunny and windy with a high near 72. The current temperature in downtown Decatur is 34 degrees. Your WSOY time is 756. And this look at your weather... It's brought to you by Brentlinger and Earl Funeral Homes. Hi, I'm Brian Mose with Brentlinger and Earl Funeral Homes. We specialize in a lot of things 
like providing traditional and innovative full-service funeral celebrations. But our number one focus is finding the best way to honor a life well-lived. At Britlinger and Earl, we are the experts at discovering and designing a perfectly customized celebration event to remember. Say goodbye and honor the life of your loved one. Just visit BritlingerandEarl.com and find out more about how we create unique celebrations of life and, of course, professional compassionate service from the heart. The Mount Zion Spring Craft Show at the Mount Zion Convention Center is back. The perfect place to find unique, handmade items for your home. The Craft Show starts Friday night, March 1st from 7 till 9 and continues on Saturday the 2nd from 9 a.m. until 3 p.m. Admission is free. Food will be available for purchase from the kitchen of Doris Yoder. For more information on the Mount Zion Spring Craft Show, call 864-5424 or Facebook.com slash Mount Zion Craft Shows. First Mid Insurance Group, First Mid Bank and Trust, WSOY, and now Decatur have teamed up to bring you the First Mid Ticket Window with your chance to win tickets to see the beloved Illini play at the State Farm Center. Listen to Buyers and Company from 6 to 9 for your chance to win. When they open the phone lines, be the correct caller at 217-875-1340. Keep an eye on the now Decatur Facebook page for additional chances to win with the First Mid Ticket Window and WSOY. It's the 2024 Newhoff Media Kids Fest, presented by Melanie and Al Schelling of State Farm Insurance. Saturday, March 23rd, come enjoy a day of family fun with bounce houses from Airwalk Action, obstacle courses and slides, face painting, photo ops, characters, and more. We'll have tons of interactive fun booths, including touch-a-truck, heavy equipment, and photo booths. Don't forget about the ladies' shopping corner and more. Fun for the whole family under one roof at the Decatur Civic Center, Saturday, March 23rd from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Car, home, mobile device, we're there. WSOY Decatur, 1340 a.m. and 103.3 FM, streaming live at nowdecatur.com. This is RJ Crace with your stories now. Challenged by a perfect storm intensified by droughts and record input prices, Illinois farmers might not have imagined they'd finish last fall with one of the strongest crops. But according to Illinois Farm Bureau, corn remained on an upward trend and soybeans missed the mark by just a bit. Inflation spiked input costs like that of seed, and crops met decreased demand with competition from other lands. The Farm Bureau is hoping a new federal farm bill is passed this year with updated policies and programs for farmers. Tickets are still available for the Chamber Awards. The ceremony is next Thursday at the Country Club. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.